Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. We are available. Anything that you want to do with our lives, anything you want to do with our ministry, anything you want to do in this moment, come on, if you're home right now, just tell the Lord, I am available to hear your word today. Have your way, Jesus. Not just in this room, but in their room and through this word in your mighty name, we pray and everyone says amen, amen and amen. Hey, well, welcome to Journey Church Online. My name is JJ and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor of this church alongside my wife, Liz. And if this is your first time with us today, we wanna welcome you and make you feel special. Come on church, just put our hands together. So glad that you're here today. So glad that you're here and we pray that you would make this church your home online if possible. And when we open, we pray that you would come and visit with us too. And we are opening y'all. I don't know when, but I, (laughs) but I know we are opening in Jesus name. In fact, before we get into the word, I just want to give you a quick update. We have been in phase one for a while here in Orlando and we had full phase one uh, come this week and the gyms are open. Now, you work at the gym, it's good, they're open. Okay, my gym is not open. Um, That's why this shirt is baggy this afternoon, (laughs) because you're not supposed to see anything there. Um, But so we're excited about that. Um, Wanna let you know our plan for reopening. We can't wait to gather again, but we wanna do so in a safe way. We have been putting together plans. We've got supplies ready to go. We are all set. We're just waiting for two things. One of those things you'll know when we know, and the other one we'll have to let you know. And the first thing that we're waiting for that you'll know when we know is whenever Florida enters into phase two of reopening. That's significant because at phase two, we can open up the building at 50% capacity and provide childcare without the need of physical distancing according to CDC guidelines. So we're waiting for phase two so that we can get in. When we get in, we will still be practicing physical distancing. We'll have spaces in between seats. I mean, if you like space, you're going to love church (laughs) when we reopen. You can just spread out all that stuff. We won't be doing any high five your neighbors or anything like that. So you'll know when phase two hits when, when we know, whenever the governor and his team make that decision. The second thing we're waiting for, and you won't know, but we'll know, is whenever the school decides to open their doors again. For those who just know our church in an online format, we meet at Winter Park High School. We rent our facilities through the county. And so we will still have to wait for the county to make the decision for opening. And when they do, and the governor does, 
and the state does, we'll be in there uh, ASAP. And so we'll keep you posted. Stay posted to our social channels, email, and we'll let you and we'll let you know as soon as it happens. But for now, we are online and we are loving it. Amen. Yes. God is doing some amazing things. I'm pretty sure I said this before, but someone gave their life to Jesus from Uganda the other week. Um, we've got members joining the church from all over the country. Um, I got family members that are coming to church. That's just some, if you knew my family, that's just a miracle <laughs> right now. They can only watch me if they can pause me and fast forward me, but but they're watching and I'm excited that they're going to be with us, that they're with us. Well, that being said, I'm really pumped to get into the word today. We are in week three of a sermon series called What I Know For Sure. And in week one, we preached, what do I know for sure? I know for sure that prayer works. And last week we had my boy, your campus pastor, JT, bring an amazing message. Come on, can we give it up for Pastor JT? What an amazing message called People Matters. People Matters, and it blessed my life. It blessed my wife's life. We got a bunch of messages. All of you guys messaging on social. And, uh, and so today, I want to bring to you week three. So excited to give this one. This one's really been ministering to me. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible, if you have it, to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. It goes like this. If you don't have it, just go ahead and look at the bottom of the screen, and it will be there. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Verse four, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. Here is the title of today's message. What do I know for sure? For sure, I know the way. I know the way. Do you know the way today? You really can't appreciate the weight of the title that I just said until you understand and appreciate the absurdity of the scripture we just read. He went. Okay, he went. There's a couple reasons why what we read is absurd. Number one, God told Abram, I will show you. It would have been one thing if he said, Abram, this is the land I'm taking you to. The land is named Canaan and it's beautiful. There's milk, there's honey, there's grapes. It is in the direction of west, and it is exactly 794.2 miles from your current location. And if you head out now, you can get there in three months, four days, and two hours. <laughs> 10 minutes and 25 seconds. It would have been one thing if God had laid it out like that. But you understand, he didn't say, go to the land I'm showing you. He said, go to the land I will show you. Let me try and put that into your world right now. Just imagine that one day you decided to move and you started to pack all of your boxes and you put the for sale sign outside and someone came and they bought your house and now you move all of your boxes into the moving truck and you get into the driver's seat of your moving truck and your neighbor comes out just to say bye because you've been such a good neighbor. You invited them to Journey Church and that's where they gave their life to Jesus and all those amazing things. And so he's like, hey, 
Thank you so much for inviting me to Journey Church and changing my life. Your church changed my life. I love your pastor. He's the man. <laughs> and then your neighbor says, where are you going? And you look at your neighbor and you go, I don't really know. I don't know. I guess when I, here's how far as I've got. When I get out, I'm going to make a right. And then I'm not really sure what happens after that. This is the ridiculous, I mean, it's ridiculous at best, irresponsible at worst. That's just your neighbor. Imagine what you would have to tell your family. Let's all get up. Let's go. I mean, let me tell you, one of the greatest accomplishments in my life, and to God's glory, there's a lot of things in my life that I'm proud of accomplishing, but one of the greatest accomplishments in my life is when Liz and I went on our 10-year wedding anniversary to Europe, visited a couple of countries, but that's not the accomplishment. The accomplishment was convincing my wife to get on that trip for two weeks with only one overhead bag of luggage. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that is one of the greatest accomplishments in my life, if you know my wife. My wife is very fashion-centric. She's also on the gram. And so she's thinking in advance, I gotta get the right outfit for the right country. I gotta, and I just convinced her. I said, babe, you have to trust me. And the only way I could convince her was by, by, by selling her on the only thing she loves more than fashion, and that is saving money. Because if we were in the overhead, then we wouldn't have to pay for putting your luggage away every, and we had a lot of flights, like eight or 10 flights. And so she did it. But the only reason she did it was because I gave her the details of every location. I said, you don't need to pack this because we're going to be in a cold climate here, so you can use this jacket for that day. And you don't need to pack those shoes because we're not going dancing. We're probably going to go hiking. And so these shoes can work here. You can just use that and there and there's a washing machine at that hotel and so you can use the same outfit that you used before she was able to trust me doing something she's never done before because I gave her the details but how do you trust a God that refuses to give you the details? How do you know how to plan or prepare or pack? Did Abram pack a jacket? I don't know. He didn't know either. He didn't know if where he was going would be cold or warm or in the middle of whatever cold and warm is. I don't know. <laughs> Georgia? I don't know. Is that in the middle? He didn't know. And I just look at God sometimes, right? And be like, God, you know, I could prepare for what you had for me if you would just give me just a little more detail. I could prepare. Are you calling me to be a doctor? Because if you're calling me to be a doctor, then I'll go pre-med in school right now. I can do that, God, if, if that's what you're calling. But don't call me into ministry and then let me study art history. It's, that's not going to help me, God. <laughs> art history isn't going to help me in the ministry. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, he's struggling with mental health. That's cool. Well, Picasso was too, you know, and that didn't work. <laughs> I wish you would have told me she was going to cheat on me. I wouldn't have bought the ring. <laughs> I could use some of the details. God, I really, can I just vent to you, Lord, here? We're in a building with a roof, so I can't get struck by lightning. But I wish you would have told me about COVID. Maybe we wouldn't have announced the launch of a second campus. <laughs> if you'd have just given me a little bit of insight on where we were going as a church, I will show you. That's absurd. How can you expect someone to take that leap of faith with so little detail? The second thing that's absurd about the statement is that there's a whole lot of I wills in that verse, but not a whole lot of I haves. And you just need to know right now, you don't trust somebody because they give you I wills. You trust somebody because they have done I haves. 
When we get ready to hire somebody on staff here at Journey Church, we don't hire them because of what they, we think they will do once they become a part of our team. We hire them based on what they have done. And Abram doesn't, God doesn't give Abram a lot of I haves because if we're honest, God hasn't done a lot in Abram's life up until this point, or at least so it seems. He is 75 years old when God calls him and he has no children and he has no reputation. And here God, so he has nothing to put his life on. He's got nobody to look back to for faith. It's not like Israel. When the nation of Israel was lacking in faith, they looked back at the story of David. David, David killed the giant with a stone. We can kill that. We can destroy that country. Let's do it. David, David looked back at Moses. You, the 10 plagues and you split the sea. My faith is coming from what you did in Moses' life. Moses looked back at Joseph in the prison and you still made a way, God, in his life. That's awesome. Joseph looked back at Jacob. Jacob, you wrestled the Lord in the desert and you won, amen. Jacob, Israel, God's chosen people. And Jacob had to look back at Abraham. But Abraham's story starts in Genesis 12. And when Abram hits the scene, there's no one to look back to. His faith cannot be built. He only got one Bible story to look back to when Abram hits the scene. Noah and the flood. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> the only story you got to look to to build your faith on is the one where God kills everybody. <laughs> everybody. And, and it's, just, it's not, so I'm saying it's hard to step out in faith into your future just regularly, but it's even more difficult when your present is absent of the miraculous and your past is littered with pain. This is where Abram was. Yet the only thing more ridiculous, the only thing more absurd than God's request was Abram's response. With all of that being said, church, Abram, the Bible says, verse four, Abram went. What? <laughs> Here's my question, honestly. Went where? Because he didn't know the way. Yeah. Did he go north? Did he go south? Did he go west? Did he go east? And it matters because each direction, each step takes him in a very different direction. Yeah. And it matters not just to Abram then, it matters to us now because many of us are in that same situation right now. If we take a step this way, it's going to go that direction. But if we take a step, if I end the relationship, life looks like it's heading this way. But if I stay in the relationship, God looks like it, it might end this way. Which way do I go? If I take the job, then my life can go this way. If I don't take the job, then my life will go this way. Which way do I go? If I stay quiet about this secret that is killing me, then, then by staying quiet, the shame will eat me up on the inside. But if I tell my wife what I'm really going through, she might leave me. Which way do we go? How do you know which way to go when God doesn't tell you the way? In life, how, how do you know which way to go? Well, how did Abram know which way to go? Because I think when we answer that, we answer this. And the answer to that, you're not gonna like it. But the answer to that question, how did Abram know the way to go? The answer is, he didn't. But he didn't mind not knowing for sure which way to go because he knew for sure what God said. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't concerned 
with stepping into an unclear direction. The only thing he was concerned about was following the directions that God had already made clear. And the direction that God had made clear was go. And when he said go, he said, okay, I'm going to start going. It didn't even cross his mind. Is this the right way or the wrong way? I don't know. But I trust that he would tell me if I was going the wrong way, I'm just going to go because he said go. I'm just going to walk because he said walk. I'm just going to trust because he said trust. We spend so much time as a people trying to figure out the way to go in life. Have you noticed this? A lot of time. We'll spend a lot of money trying to figure out the way to go. I remember I grew up in New York City and I don't know if you had this same lady on the television that I had growing up in the 90s. Her name was Miss Cleo. And Miss Cleo was a, a woman with the fake Jamaican accent who pretended to be a fortune teller. And she would come on all the time and Miss Cleo. And she would tell you the, you would call, you would ask her questions, which way do I go? You remember Miss Cleo? Yeah, you, which way do I go? And she would tell you the way to go. I recently looked up her story. Do you know that in one year, she net profit $1 billion. Wow. Miss Cleo balling. <laughs> One million, one billion with a B dollars. Some people will look for the way to go and they won't go to Miss Cleo. That's, that's weird. That's hocus pocus. Everybody knows that. Instead, they'll spend hundreds of dollars an hour on a therapist to try and tell them the way to go. Now, I'm not knocking therapists. I, I saw one on Monday and, and I see one every month. I'm so grateful. But before you sign up for therapy, you just need to know what you're signing up for. The therapist doesn't give you answers. They give you questions. <laughs> you're not going to get what you think you got, you're going to get by going to therapy. And here, and just so that it's an equal playing field and I'm not knocking science or therapy or counseling, I love it. Some people come to church looking for an answer or a decision on how the way to go in life. And I just want to tell you, don't come to church if you're looking for the way to go in life because God's primary objective in life is not to show you the way to go. His primary objective is to show you the way to live. It's to show you the way to live, not just the way to go. That's what he wants to do in your life. We want direction in what's unclear, but God wants obedience in what he made clear already. That's what he's looking for in your life. You know, Abram didn't know the way to go. And I'm sure he would have wanted to know the way to go. And he didn't have many stories to look back on, like I mentioned, but he did have one story to look back on. And what was the story that I said he had to look back on? The story of Noah. And he was looking in the Bible for direction, but God didn't give him direction. Instead, God gave him a value. Instead, God gave him a principle because as he's reading the story of Noah, he goes, okay, so God told him to build a boat because he was going to send a flood. Okay, okay, okay. Didn't tell him when the flood was going to happen. Just told them to build it. Didn't tell him. He told him that it was going to rain. Only problem with that whole concept is that up until Noah's time, there had not even been a thing as rain. Rain was not even a thing back then. The Bible says that the ground was watered from the springs. And so he's going to flood the earth in this way that I've never seen. And he didn't tell me when. You know what Abram's value is? You know what Abram's pr 
principle is from that, you need to follow God even if it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Noah, but he followed. It didn't make sense for Noah, but he obeyed. And as a result, he was saved and he was provided for. And then Abram, looking into the word for direction, instead found a value, instead found a principle. Aha, if I obey, if I just do what he told me to do, I will be saved and I will be provided for. That's a good time to clap, say hallelujah. Something, y'all. He valued obedience. Listen to me. It is the clarity of your values that determine the clarity of your decisions. I'll say it again so you can write it down. It is the clarity of your values that determines the clarity of your decisions. Abram's values were clear. I'm a, I value the word of God. And so I'm just going to do whatever the word of God said. It's an easy decision for me. You know, I never have to, I value my family like more than a lot of things in life. And because I value my family, I never have to wrestle with the decision to have a meeting on a Friday. I never do because Friday is my family day. Because I value my family, the decision to not take an engagement, the decision to not have a meeting, that's automatic. It's easy. It's an easy decision. Or let me put it this way. The decision is clear because my values are clear. I never have to, 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 because I value my marriage, I never have to wrestle with the decision of, of, of picking up the phone on a Monday night. I don't care who's calling me. Monday night, you do not disturb unless you are not going to get to my phone. You're going to get an answering machine and you're not even going to hear my voice just to make you think that you might have called the wrong number. You're just not going to get any of that. Why? Because on Monday nights, that's my date night. Because I value my marriage, the decision is made easy. You're not going to be able to have breakfast with me from the time of 6 to 8 a.m., no matter what the day is. Because 6 to 8 a.m., guess what I value? I value my time with the Lord. And because I value that time, I don't spend two hours praying just to give you a break. <laughs> half an hour's coffee and all that stuff and water. Who drinks coffee for half an hour? This guy right here. Just need to wake up. <laughs> but because I value my time with the Lord, yeah. the decision is easy. I get invited to speak all the time, all over the country, even while COVID's happening. And if it's on a Sunday, can I tell you that's an easy decision because I value being a pastor more than I value being a speaker. I know what God called me to be. And I'm just saying that because a lot of you people, I think you think, you people sounds mean, a lot of you who I love so much, you think, you think you're wrestling with your decisions, but you're not wrestling with your decisions, you're wrestling with your values. It's not that you don't know the decision to make, it's that you don't know what you're gonna prioritize in your life, money or family, you haven't figured that out yet. And because you haven't figured that out yet, the decisions get blurry. You haven't figured out if, if ministry or Jesus is the thing you value more. And so they, they conflate sometimes. They conflate sometimes. You're not wrestling over decision. You're wrestling over your values. Abraham valued knowing the way. Make no mistake. But if there's one thing he valued more than knowing the way, it was knowing God's ways. Wow. Knowing God's ways. So let me just help you. Don't stop praying, God, show me the way. I believe in divine direction, Anthony. I believe that God can enlighten your path. I believe it. Don't stop praying, God, show me the way. Just know that when you pray that, you're not guaranteed an answer. Yeah. He might not tell you that right now. So I'm going to add to your prayer language a prayer that God will answer 100% of the time. Are you ready for that? I mean, as a pastor, I can't give out these 
money back guarantees often, but I'm about to give you a money back guarantee. Hear me. If you pray, God, show me the way he might answer. He might not, but there is one prayer that you can pray hundred percent. He will answer not God. Show me the way. Pray this. God, show me your ways. Show me your ways. Show me your ways. If you're taking notes, write that down. Show me your ways. Psalms 25, four. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. The Bible introduces two different words here. For ways, it's the Hebrew word derech, derech. In for paths, it's the Hebrew word orach, orach. We're just gonna say it in English. It's derech and orach. It even sounds similar, right? Derech and orach. Direct means ways, orach means paths. Direct means ways. When you look at the Hebrew word for direct, it means habits or manners. When you look at the Hebrew word orach, it means road or highway. So we see the word ways, similar ways and paths, but it's different. When the Bible says ways, it's talking about a way of living. When it says orach, it's talking about a way to go, but there's no test on that. There's, we're not gonna give you the Hebrew language. Here's why that's important, because according to the scripture, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. It's ways before paths. It's ways of living before ways of going. And oftentimes in life, we try to reverse them. So I pray all the time, God, show me how to grow this church because I want to reach because hell's real. Show me how to grow this church. But you know what I also pray? God, show me how to grow myself because I want a way of development, not just how to develop this outside organization. So if we have to push back the campus launch, I don't know. God hasn't made that clear yet. But you know what he did make clear? Tomorrow morning, I will wake up and pray. Because prayer is my way of living. So even when I don't have clarity on where to go, even when I don't have clarity on the way there, I have clarity on the way to live. There's so many parents right now that you're homeschooling your kid right now because you're forced to, and you're starting to realize that they're not as demon possessed as you thought they were. You're starting to pick up on the fact that a lot of their language, a lot of their behavior was from the friends that they had at school. And now you're starting to wonder to yourself, maybe I shouldn't send them back because if I send them back, they might meet some crazy people. And then this might even go, but now that they're here in my safety bubble, I can protect them and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And you're wrestling with the decision, the way to go. Do I send them back to public? Do I spend a little more money, send them over to private? Do I do Florida virtual? Do I do homeschool? I don't know, I can't tell you. God did not make that clear, but you know what he did make clear? Maybe not the way to go, but the way to be a parent. He made that real clear. And if you parent God's way, you won't worry what school they go to. Because when you parent God's way, you pray for your child. When you parent God's way, you are an example of what it means to be a godly man and woman. When you parent God's way, that means you love unconditionally and you discipline consistently. And when you parent God's way, whether it's public school, private school, they will be a light in the darkness. Don't worry about the decision to make. Worry about the way that you love and parent them. There are some businesses looking for a way to grow. How can I grow my business? I'm looking for a way. How much money do I put in marketing? I'm in Facebook and Instagram. Do I got to get on TikTok now too? <laughs> 
Help me out. How do I grow my business? I'm looking for a, a way. I, I want to tell you, I don't know. I don't know the way to grow your business, but I do know God's way for running a business. And so listen, even if your business is small right now, worship God with the small business because when you worship him with a small business, he'll bless you with a larger business. Just do that. Here's what I know about running a business God's way. You got to take care of your employees. Here's what I know about running a business God's way. You better be generous. You better get on that legacy team. Come on, I'm telling you right now. You better get on that legacy team. You better find a charity that you can give a portion of your profits to because if you run a business God's way, you will find the way out. Let me say it this way. You find God's will in life when you focus on God's way of living life. One more time for the camera. You find God's will in life when you focus on God's way of living life. You got to shift from a desire for navigation to a desire for revelation. Paul said, I consider it all garbage compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To know you, God, in your ways, that is gold to me. Because once I know how to live like you, life becomes simple. I don't know the way out of this prison cell, but I know the way to live my life is to live it like Jesus. Then he said in his letter, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, where are we going, Paul? I'm following you. You're following the leader. Where are we going? You missed it. It wasn't a question of navigation. It was a question of revelation. When he said, follow me as I follow Christ, it wasn't about where am I trying to go? It's who am I trying to be? I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forfeit my desire for navigation. I'm going to pursue a desire for revelation. Best way I can explain the tension between the two is when we were in Europe, my wife and I did not drive one time for a couple of reasons. One, because we knew that 90% of the arguments, if they're any reflection of home life, would be based on getting lost. And so I said, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let them go. And so we Ubered the entire time we were in Europe. So when we got there, we got the Uber, we put in the, uh, we told him where we were going and he took us and it was such a relief to not have to worry about how to get there, i.e. the way there. And when we left the airport, we were even more relieved because something that we had forgotten was that in Europe, they drive on the other side of the road. The, and if I was there, and I would have started driving on the right side of the road, I would have been driving the wrong way. Here's my, my point. Let's say I hadn't done that. Let's say we had rented a vehicle and I got my phone and I take my phone and I know where I wanna go. I got the address. I put the address in. Now I've got direction. I get in my car and the moment I leave the airport, I start driving on the left side of the road. How far do you think I will get? Sorry, the right side of the road. <laughs> how, you see how confusing it is? Can't even preach about it. How far do you think I would have gotten if I would have been driving on the right side of the road? How far? Somebody say, not very far. But I had the directions. I knew the way. But the way is not enough. What does it matter if you know the way to go if you still have not learned the way to drive? If I'm driving on the wrong side, I can be headed the right way and still be going the wrong way. Are you following me? 
I don't know for sure in life, in life, I don't always have the directions, but here's what I know for sure. In America, we drive on the right side of the road. Listen, I don't know for sure where I'm going, but here's what I do know for sure. If I live my life this way, the way that this Bible teaches, then you know what? I will get there eventually. I might get lost. I might not get there as quickly as I'd like. I might have a couple of detours. I might end up at the wrong place a couple of times, but I will be alive because I was driving on the right side. You might not get to your destiny right away. You might not get to the promise instantaneously, but if you do life God's way, you will get there. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but one day, if you live, forget direction. If you live life God's way, then the way will present itself. And I can hear somebody talking to me on the other side of the camera. Well, that's all good. This is how I imagine you speak. <laughs> the trolls online. That's all good. I appreciate that. But what about the big decisions? This Bible doesn't tell me <laughs> whether or not I should take that job. I don't know who this person is. I've never met this person in my life. <laughs> this Bible doesn't tell me whether or not she's the one. This Bible doesn't tell me what do I do with the unknown things, JJ? I get it. Don't steal. I'll do that. I get it. You know, I, the easy things, you don't kill nobody. I get it. That's clear. You made that real clear. But there's a lot in my life that is currently unclear. So how do I navigate this unclear situation? I asked the Lord the same thing. Right after I, most of my sermons come from Bible study time. And this Bible study, January 4th, 2020, is, the, is what I'm preaching today. Right after that, I have another Bible study. It's the next, next day, I'm lying. It was January 7th, it was three days later. I didn't want to be over spiritual. I missed three days of Bible study. Um, <laughs> It's true. <laughs> that make you feel better about yourself? Good. Um, and after that, I read the story of Abraham and Isaac. And uh, at the time, we were, you, you don't know this because I, I didn't make a big deal of it. There was a building that had become available <clears throat> for Journey Church. It's like $3 million, prime location. It didn't have a lot of seats though. It only had like 400 seats. Our auditorium at Winter Park High School has... 700. So we would have done like five services on day one. So I was wrestling with it because we really want to build it. Don't hold back. It just happened. Our campaign. So I read the story of Abraham and Isaac. And, and this is what I wrote. I, if you don't know the story of Abraham and Isaac, we always say our church is a church for those who've never gone to church. Abraham takes his son. God tells him to sacrifice his son on a mountain and he goes to do it. He was never to kill him. It was just a test. Abram takes Isaac, goes up there, tries to sacrifice him, but an angel stays the hand and it was a big Jesus moment and a ram was provided. Your Bible's awesome, go read it. It's Genesis 22, okay? And so I read that and now I'm gonna tell you what I, I wrote to God. I do a soap thing. So scripture, observation, application, um, <laughs> prayer. So <laughs> this is my prayer. I'm, I'm actually, I'm mad at God. You need to know it's okay to be mad at God. It's okay. He actually welcomes that. He just, he wants you to be mad at him. Share your anger with him. 
So they don't judge me when I pray to the Lord in writing, I speak in the King James. <laughs> this is the way I do it. You don't gotta do it that way. Is this the way I do it? So I was writing and I wrote this to the Lord. This is right here, just so I'm not lying. Yeah, yeah. Father, I am jealous of Abraham, right? Is that what it says? Yep. Okay, so just so you trust me. Am I also not your son? <laughs> this is the King James. Am I not his descendant through the sacrifice of your son? Why then do you speak to him so clearly, yet not to me? I'm not asking for my way. I'm only asking for clarity on your will. I call on you. <laughs> you wouldn't talk like that. You wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to Liz. Liz, I call on you for breakfast this morning. I would never do that. I call on you to lead me, God. Speak to me. Lead me that I might obey you and bring glory to your name. That together we might bring home all the other lost sons and daughters, amen. And so I'm venting to the Lord. You spoke to Abraham. You told him clearly to give up Isaac. If you tell me clearly to not take the building, I won't take it. If you tell me clearly to take the building, I'll take it, but I'm your son too, and I expect the same kind of communication. <laughs> Speak to me, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> when you pray, we're real good at talking. When you pray, this is important, kind of insider tip, shut up after. <laughs> Sit silently with that prayer and let the Holy Spirit, God's person in you, begin to witness to you and speak to you. It won't be an audible voice, but it'll be some, so, so I sat, I sat and I waited. We needed to make a decision on the building soon because it was, we didn't get the building by the way, <laughs> but you already know this. <laughs> so, and this is what the Holy Spirit said to me, not in an audible voice, but I heard it almost like God chuckled. I heard like a, <laughs> so I, that's how I heard it. And then he said, you think you have the faith to walk in to the unknown, but you don't even have the faith to walk out what you already know. I was like, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> this is how I heard it from the Lord. He said, you want a revelation, you want, you want prophetic direction, but there's already a lot in here that you don't have the faith to do. You don't got the faith to do what I wrote you and you think you got the faith to do what I show you? When what I wrote is clearer than what I would say. It takes faith to walk out what he made clear. You know, it takes faith to not cheat on your taxes. When you know you need the money during this pandemic right now. It takes faith to wait until marriage to have sex. When that other person who's trying to have sex with you is letting you know that they trying to have sex with you and they texting you and they calling you and inside you're thinking, this might be my last opportunity to ever have sex again in my life. If I miss this moment right here, I might never have sex again. <laughs> it takes faith to believe that the person God has for you is on their way and your experience with that person will be better than any other experience you can ever have with anyone else. It takes faith to tithe. Hello. <laughs> It takes faith to believe that God can do more with 90% of your income than you can do with 
5% of your income. It's not easy. It takes faith. So before we tell the Lord, oh God, if you would just make the unknown clear, I would do it. Let's check ourselves first to make sure that we have the faith to do what he made clear already. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. It's old. I'm old. And that's not easy. That's not easy. That's why Solomon said this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Did you hear it? Ways and what? Paths. Again, in a whole different book of the Bible. But even in this one, what came first? Ways or paths? Ways. Again, and it's the same Hebrew word, direct and a rock. Direct and a rock. The only difference between this passage and the last one we read is that in the first passage, we were praying, God, show me your ways. In this passage, God is looking at us and going, I will show them to you. But when I show you my ways, will you submit to me your ways? If you're taking notes, write down, submit your ways. Submit your ways. Oh, I will show you my ways. I love to show people my ways. It's the one prayer I will always answer 100% of the time. The way to live life, the way to be a dad, the way to be a husband, the yeah. way to be a friend, the way to be a neighbor, the way to be a Christian, the way to be an entrepreneur. All of these things are in my script. I will show you that clearly. But when I show you my ways, will you be willing to submit your ways? Because you got some ways. Hello. You got your ways already. You got your way of treating strangers. You got, you got a way. <laughs> you got a way. You got a way of engaging at church. You already got a way. How you doing? Fine. Be the worst day ever. Fine. You got a way of having a list for Mr. or Mrs. Wright. I want the person, but I want them my way. They need to be tall, dark, handsome, jacked. In love with Jesus. All those things. And God's like, I appreciate that, but would you submit your way? What if my way is better than your way? Give me your way. You have a way of seeing income and investments. You have a way of thinking. God is saying, you want me to show you the way, but I cannot show you the way if you do not surrender your ways. Surrender your ways. Now, I know that's hard. That's going to be really tough because you've been alive 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, 20 years, and you are pretty attached to your ways. They are your ways after all, and you've been doing them ever since middle school. But if that's you today, let me help you disconnect from your ways by giving you three truths about your ways. Number one, I know you love your ways, but your ways are not even really your ways. They're your father's ways. You don't treat women that way because that's the way to treat women. You treat women that way because that's the way your father treated women. You don't put all the money on the credit cards because that's the way to manage finances. You put all the money on the credit card because that's the way your mom dealt with finances. It's not even really your way. Your way is the product of the influences of all the people around you. You start asking yourself, is that influence even healthy? 
or good. Number two, they're not your ways, they're your words. You think it's your way, but it's not your way, it's your word. You were abused. That's why you have a way of being overprotective. Are you tracking with me? You were sexually abused. And because your purity was taken from you at a young age, that's why you have a way of giving away your body now because now that you're in control of your own sexuality, you're gonna give it on your terms. It's your way, but it's not your way. It's your way because it came from your word. You were betrayed. That's why you have a way of not opening up to anyone. But that's not your way, that's your word, that's your past, it's your hurt, it's your pain coming to speak to you today. Yeah. Shit, it's not, your, it's not your way, it's your word. And here's the last one, and, I, and this is a big old amen moment. Your way, can we be real? Your way's not working. Yeah. So bad. You, you've been doing it your way for a minute, and your way's not working. And God is here to tell you today, there's a better way. There's a better way. That's what he says. And if, if you do it my way, I'll make your path straight. Got to be honest, I was super confused when he said make your path straight. Number one, because God never makes a straight line to anywhere. So I was confused. When he sent the people from Egypt to Israel, it was a circle for 40 years. I know this, that God never will draw a straight line from your today to your destiny. Never. It'll be a lot of zigzags, a lot of back and forth, a lot of circles. You'll get there, just not a straight line. So I thought, that can't be right. So I looked up the definition of the word straight in the Hebrew, and the definition made even less sense. The word straight translates into smooth and easy. And I said, no. <laughs> I've been a Christian 33 years, and smooth and easy is not the way. <laughs> that I would describe this life <laughs> smooth and easy. God, you're going to have to help me out. And the Lord helped me out. He said, well, first off, you got it wrong. I didn't say that the ways would be smooth and easy. I said the past would be smooth and easy. So surrendering and submitting is always hard. Yes. What's easy, ooh, this is the revelation, is once you submit, yeah. the decision becomes easy. Yes. This is so good. Um, I got an illustration. I got an illustration to show you because it's the only way I could describe it to you today. Anthony, I'm gonna need your help. All right, this is really the, the thing here. Ways pass. Um, somewhere in this room, I have hidden $100. It's a single $100 bill, okay? Okay, I know where you are in life right now. You can use that $100 bill. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, I'm gonna set you on a timer here. We'll just pretend. <laughs> There's a timer here. And this timer is a two minute timer. You've got two minutes to find that $100 bill. Do you know why I'm giving you two minutes? Because just like this game has a timer, so does life. At least we feel that way. You know what I'm saying? You haven't gotten into your career yet and the timer's running. Yeah. And you're like, uh, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? God promised that I would have this child, but now I'm turning 40. I'm getting beyond the age. The timer's running. Go, where, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? And so when I say go, yeah. I want you to begin looking for this $100 bill. Are you ready? Yeah. Set. Go. Hey. Split screen. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what we believe is happening right now. <laughs> you guys see Anthony? He is hustling. He is looking. 
Look at me on the camera. How many people feel like Anthony right now? I promised Anthony that there was $100 out there. But the timer's running, and he has not found it yet. He's still looking for the money. Is there anybody today still looking for the opportunity, still looking for the blessing, still looking for the way? Anybody there still looking for the home, still looking for the investment, still looking for the success? Is there anybody here today still looking for purpose, still looking for meaning, still looking for hope? Are you looking for that today? Keep looking, Anthony. Time's running out, but keep looking. If that's you, I want you to know you're not alone. John chapter 14, verse 4 through 5. You know the way. This is the disciples having a conversation with Jesus. Jesus is about to die on the cross. Are you with me? Are you with me? Tell me I'm with you. He's about to die on the cross and he's preparing the disciples for his departure. And he looks at his disciples and he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. You know the way. And Thomas said to him, good old Thomas. I love Thomas because at least he's not afraid to ask questions. This is Thomas the doubter, right? Lord, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? You got to understand the dynamic in this life. Jesus and the disciples were like this. Everywhere that Jesus went, the disciples went. It was easy for them. They didn't have to pray about direction. All they had to do was whatever Jesus told them to do. But now Jesus is saying, I'm leaving. And they go, but if you leave, we don't know the way. We don't know the way forward. He's asking for navigation. Show me, Lord. But what did I preach? To you today what does the word teach us when we ask for navigation what does God give us he gives us revelation and look at the revelation that Jesus drops he goes Thomas you know the way verse 6 I am the way I am the way hey Anthony you looking did you find it <laughs> it was in me it was on me the treasure wasn't the purpose I was the treasure and if you follow me you get the thing that I promised if there was ever a time to type something into the chat it's these words right here I know the way you might not know where your future is but you know the way you might not know where Mr. Right is but you know the way you might not know when your healing is coming but you know the way you might not know when breakthrough comes for your life but you know the way you might not know when that child comes but you do know the way he is the way the truth the life the alpha the omega the beginning the end the prince of peace the king lord you are our god jesus and you know him and if you know him you know the way you know it he was there all along so follow him and he will make your path straight Follow him and he will show you what step to take. Oh, you know the way. His name is Jesus. You know him. This gives me so much peace, guys. I got to make big decisions every day. And when I wake up confused, afraid that if I make the wrong decision, people aren't going to know Jesus. If I, if I go to the wrong place, then staff members are going to burn out. You know what I do when I get there? I go, I don't know what to do, but I know the way. 
So Jesus, you be with me today. And I will follow you. I'll pray today. I'll read my word today. Teach me the way to live. And I will know, and I'll know the way to go. That's easy. Looking for everything in the world, that's hard. But looking for me, that's easy. If you're looking for Jesus, I want you to know it's easy. It's easy to find Jesus. It's easy to find Jesus. So I want to do two prayers. One is for the believer. You already know who Jesus is. You just got distracted because while he was here standing with the promise, you got, you got concerned with all the worries and weight and anxieties of life. And he's like, submit your ways. I will make your path straight, straight to me. That's you today. And you got north, south, east, west. And you don't know which way to go. You're in the middle of a big decision. You know the way. Right now, all over this room, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're at home and you feel lost, you feel confused, you're not really sure where to go, I want you to pray this prayer with me today. And here's what we're going to pray. We're not going to pray, God, show me the way. We're going to pray, God, show me your ways. Maybe God is less concerned with your next job placement and more concerned with you being the best dad that you can be. And I think if you're the best dad that you can be, he'll, he'll, he'll take care of where you go. The best Christian I can be. The best dream teamer I can be. It's going to work on a way of life. And I, will show, you know, I know you will show me, God, the way to go. Right now, Father, your children are in desperate need of direction. We're lost. We need direction. Show us which way to go. But in the meantime, show us who you are. We sure could use the navigation. But in the meantime, we'll search for the revelation. Reveal yourself to us. Show us your ways. I want to be more like you. Is this relationship I'm in healthy right now? Are those websites I'm watching good for my soul right now? Show me the way to live my life. Am I doing with my money the things that you want me to do with my money? If not, show me the way so that I can follow you. And as I follow you, I know that you'll make the way clear. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for everybody who's never made a decision to follow Jesus before, I tell you, it's easy. To get to him is easy. You just got to follow. If that's you today in the presence of God is in your room right now, and you can feel him tugging on your heart. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand at home as a signal and a sign. I need you, Jesus. I want to know the way. I want to know the way. He's the son of God. 2,000 years ago, he came from heaven to earth, submitted his life, died on a cross so that you and I can have a future, a hope and a freedom so that you and I can know the way. If you want that, it's a prayer, a way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. On three, if you need Jesus in your heart. One, two, raise your hand if that's you, even at home. One, two, three, right now, raise your hand, come on. I see it in my spirit, I see it in my spirit. With your hand raised, go ahead, put it down. Repeat this prayer after me. If you're in this room today, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Show me your ways as I submit my ways to you. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. 
And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.